following message was recorded at Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org. Treasure your word, heed your word, keep your word, live your walk in your word, um, build our house upon the rock uh, that we would not deceive ourselves by simply being hearers of the word only. Uh, but doers. And uh, so help us to have the wisdom to know how to put this into practice today and and uh, and just to be equipped for the for the mission uh, to go and tell the world that uh, that you love them and that you have saved them and that you desire to rescue them and to to be in intimate relationship with them so that they can join the mission. So, Father, thank you for this day, for all that you're doing. Pray for these precious two souls that you have that you have knitted together and brought forth uh, through uh, Elizabeth. Uh, Lord, we ask a blessing over Elizabeth and and the babies and Jerry and Leanne and Judy and this family. And we just thank you for the gift that is that. And for all the many needs that are represented by each heart that's present here and those that aren't. Father, we put that before your throne of grace and ask that you would minister in supernatural ways to bring about healing and and refreshment and encouragement and strength that only you provide. Help us not to uh, lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways, help us to acknowledge you. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with uh, me to, uh, to John chapter 15, 16. That's where we're going to be this morning. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, the Lord has been faithful again to just kind of you know, preach this message back to me before I get to preach it to you. And I'm so excited for what he's given to me this morning. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping not to feel like a fire hose this morning because I've just, I'm so excited to pour out, uh, what he's poured into me and, um, and to just really embrace, uh, the mission, the, the privilege, uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit, um, to realize that that as as believers, um, like the world doesn't need to see me or know me. They need to see and know him. And uh, I get to be an instrument of that. That's a privilege. And uh, and Jesus has made that possible by cleansing us of our sin, relieving us of our debt and our trespasses and washing us by his word through the cross uh, as we remember the cross today, I'll be pointing to some things throughout this morning to, to just be reminded of like the, the miracle that God has accomplished in Christ. And this was something that wasn't a reaction to the fall and the, the, the failure of man. This was, this was purpose before God in his omniscience and his, in his providence knew that we would desperately need and, and in his perfect plan at the perfect time he brought about the, the the birth of his son so that he would come not just to 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 rescue us but to model to teach and model for us the very things that he would want us to then go on to do and uh to to so that his ministry would continue to flourish and light would continue to to have impact and in, into darkness and uh do you know that that uh, jesus is still here today through the body of Christ, doesn't that make sense? Like he's still here in, in the in, in the through the person of the Holy Spirit, but but the church is meant to be the 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 the, the powerful presence of Christ on the earth that He would finish what He started through us. And uh, do, do you feel like the world is dark, and that there's some dark? Do you feel like that? You know, like here's the good news: light overcomes darkness. And we've been equipped to be the light of the world. And, and so rather than talking about all the darkness and the problems, let's be the light, right? Let's shine in the midst of the darkness and reflect his glory. Because we're actually, please know this, we are empowered for this purpose. We are gifted to give. We are loved to love. We are saved to serve. And uh, and what 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 is what's it at... It, it, uh, What's an enemy of all of that is pride and ego and selfishness and me versus him. And he he wants to show us that that abundant life is found in not living for my glory, but for his. Paul said it this way in Philippians 121. He says to live is Christ, not to live as Colin, but to live as Christ. 
right? He says, he says that, you know, to die is gain. But, but as we live, let's live for his glory and his fame. And maybe one of the reasons that our context is a little dark is because, like, we, we, the world just needs more of him and we need, we need more of him and we need to, to yield to his presence and power being, being seen and realized through our lives. This is, we're going to see as Jesus is here, uh, for context purposes, uh, they've left the upper room and they're making their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. And in the Gospel of John, uniquely, we're given what we refer to as the final farewell. And Jesus is telling them a ton. I mean, it's like, it's, it's almost like he's not even taking a breath from the moment he walks out the door of the, of the upper room till he gets to the, to the garden and tells them, you stay here, you pray with me, I'm going over here. Like, it's like he's sharing, like, I mean, he's leaving it all in the field. He's, and he's trying to prepare them for his departure. One of the things he said in previous weeks as we've been going through this, this narrative is that I'm not leaving you as orphans. He says, I want to prepare you for my departure, but I want you to understand that, that this is more uh, like about the Holy Spirit's arrival. And that's what I've come to make possible. So that, and this is the, this is the glorious thing, is so that Jesus can multiply his, his, his life and his expression and his presence and his power through the body of Christ around the world. You know, so so often we're praying. This is I'll, I'll hear folks praying, God, do this in this person, and go do this here, and and won't you save, and won't you show them some encouragement? You know, and do you remember what Isaiah said when God was talking about what He wanted to do in Isaiah six, after He had touched His mouth with a coal and as a symbol of purifying, like He said, "Here I am, send me." Right? Do we believe that the fields are white to harvest? Do we believe that there's a hunger for hope? That there's a hunger for love? That there's a deep thirst, a, a soul thirst out there? And there's a need. Uh, and, and what do they need to see? They need to see Him. And what we're told in, in what Jesus is saying to them and to us is that I am pouring out my Spirit and, and He is more than enough in order, and I love that it's capital H helper. Like that's what he refers to him as the helper. Like that's probably the biggest understatement. I mean, there's a lot of understatements, but like, <laughs> like the Holy Spirit, Spirit being our helper, like that's some serious help, right? You know, like this is heaven's help come down to to empower us to go and make disciples of all nations, to worship Him through our lives, and to it's just it's a beautiful thing. I want to open with some some questions. Why has the Lord given us the Holy Spirit? Right? I want you to think about this. Like this is the mission of Christ to come set the captives free, to rescue us through the blood of the, of the Lamb and, and the perfect sacrifice that, that, that satisfied our sin debt, in, not in part but in whole. Like, but beyond the, the atoning work of the cross, it is so that he could purify a temple and put his spirit in us so that 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 his spirit could continue to set the captives free, could continue to reveal like the Father's heart. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He, like he, the world needs to see him. And so like, well, why has the Lord given us the Holy Spirit as a helper to help us to do, to do like, and, and what we have to kind of grasp here is it's like, I think sometimes in our, American mentality or a Western mentality, like it's, he didn't give us the helper to help us do us. He gave us the helper to help us do him. And, and really this is what he's saying here in, in a concise way. Like, like, so, so I continue that thought. Jesus's hope was to continue his, the, to continue to live his life through us. To continue to live his life through us. Paul understood this. This is what Paul said. This is Galatians 2.20. says, For I am crucified with Christ, that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. No one's going to get saved if they see me. Right, but but what the world desperately needs to see is the glorious Jesus, 
right? Like all of his righteousness on display, all of his, his truth on this, all of his grace on display through our lives. And we're, we're given help, like, like, like heaven's help, God himself dwelling in us in the person of the Holy Spirit to see that to fruition. When, when you interact with others, are they seeing him or are they seeing you? And this is, this is just, you know, it's like, what is our objective? You know, years and years ago, um, I mean, it's been 20 years now, you know, the, the whole WWJD thing was pretty popular. And if you're not familiar with that, it's, it's an acronym for what would Jesus do? Right. And uh, and this is really at the heart of kind of the the motivation of the saint of uh, of the believer is that, man, it's it's not about what I want. It's, it should be about what he wants. It's not about what what would bring me most pleasure, but what would give him the most pleasure. I mean, how else? And, and, and here's what I want to say to you. The abundant life the joy and the peace and the hope and all of that is found in that mode, right? That, like when we live for his glory, when we live for, for others to see him and we serve for that objective and we shine for that purpose, like that's when, when, when our souls are satisfied. That's when we experience abundant life. That's when, when we are overcome with gratitude and thanksgiving and worship is the outcome of our living. Are they getting to know him or are they getting to know you? I'm just trying to be really practical in asking these questions because like the hope of Jesus' sacrifice and the church is that through the church and, and our love for one another, our love for him and each other, is that the world will see him. They'll see him. And, uh, and so as, as people meet you, like are they getting to know him? Through, through their relationship with you. Is that the experience? You know, that's my hope and prayer is that everyone that I have relationship with, whether it's a, it's, a, it's a relationship with a server at a restaurant or an intimate relationship, like, you know, our hope and prayer. And man, you know, we're, 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 we're fickle, right? We, we're prone to, to fault and failure at times. But, but is that our heart? And are we, are we depending on, and, and guys, do you feel the gravity of that, of, of, of like, like sharing Jesus' continued finished mission? Like, but, but here's the good news. It's done in the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, he's the helper. And, and it's significant help to do a significant, glorious work, which is to save the world. Right. And, and I, we, I often hear us praying for like Jesus to do something. Well, who's his body? Right. Like we get to be the answer to those prayers. And we might, I don't know about you, but I feel, do you feel like when you look at your own capacities, you feel a little bit inadequate in that? I, I mean, I'm there all the time. And, 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 and I think the challenge is to boast in our weaknesses so that Christ's power might rest on us. It's to acknowledge that I can't, but he can. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And, and, and he's, he, like we've been given power to, to, to really to, to present Jesus through the way that we live in love and, uh, and serve and give. Um, how does Jesus' kingdom reign come to earth? through the Holy Spirit, through individuals that have declared him Lord, acknowledged, that, listen, we're just acknowledging the truth, the fact. I mean, because you say he's Lord doesn't make him Lord. He's Lord, <laughs> right? He's Lord. But when we acknowledge that fact and uh, and we truly believe that He's he is who he said and he rose from the dead, then, then God, like, do you know that simple childlike belief and faith is what, takes old and makes new, brings the dead to life. Like it's always been faith. It's always faith is what trans brings the miracle of new birth and everything else into our life. How does Jesus's, how does Jesus lead a body of believers? How does Jesus lead a family? How does G- Jesus lead a marriage? 
right? Like he does that practically when the, when the instrument that is, is called to that role realizes that my, my purpose is to let Jesus shine through my life. Let Jesus lead my, my marriage, lead my, uh, home and my, by, by leading my heart. Does that make sense? Like, because it's, it's not meant to be something that we do. It's something that we know he's promised to do. And we lean into that and trust that he will. Because the truth is, I mean, think about Moses at the burning bush. He's like, uh, uh-uh, I'm not, I can't set like all those, these, those Israelites in captivity. Like, isn't it a microcosm of what we're talking about here? Right? Here's slaves in captivity. Is that not our world, spiritually speaking? And Moses is called to be the instrument that God would use to deliver them. And Moses is like, oh, no, (laughs) wrong guy. I can't. I got all of these personal limitations. And that, see, God doesn't want, and he got fresh. God says, who made your mouth? Right? Like, here's the thing. Like, God's saying, I will do it. How about you? You be the instrument. How about I'm going to empower you to? And you know, you saw Moses grow in his faith through the through the experience that he had with God, and God equipped him right with various things. But but ultimately, with his presence, he says, like the greatest thing that that God ever said to someone like Moses and Mary, and and Gideon, when and I'm talking about three people that had to feel the their frailty and, and, and actually express it is he says to all of them, I will be with you. And isn't that what the Holy Spirit is? God with us? In I mean, Jesus, we, we sing about it, we talk about it, like Emmanuel, God with us. But like the fuller sense of that miracle is now the Spirit of God is dwelling in the body of Christ. How does Jesus continue to introduce himself to others? Through us, through the church. And, and we can't delegate that to somebody else, right? It, we, we participate in that together, right? And what, what, the, what the darkness of this world needs is his marvelous light. And we're equipped for that. Right, like, and but it's it's his light. He is the light of the world. We are we're kind of the lantern, right? But he's the light, and he's promised to to uh, to have the the life altering, world changing effect through us. And and our challenge is not to look at at what we can do, but what he can do. What's impossible for man is possible with God. Right. In fact, that's what the angel said to Mary in Luke chapter 1, verse 37. He said, Mary, nothing, nothing is impossible with God. And so that's just, that's good news. The Holy Spirit is given to us to help us to live for him, not to help him live for us. And that might be a tweak for, for some of us. The Holy Spirit is given to us to live for him, right? Not so that he can live for us. And, you know, it's so easy, you know, in our mentality, in our culture, to think that this is about me, and it's not. It's about him. And it's for his glory and fame, because no one's going to get saved if they if they know me, right? But if they know him. And, and the crazy thing is, I can be an instrument that actually reveals Jesus practically, like in in reality. So as a backdrop, you know, Jesus told his disciples, and, and, and we looked at this last week, in John 15, 18 to 20, he told them, he said, look, I want you to understand something, that did 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 the world hate me? Yes. Listen, listen to what he says here. He says, if the world hates you, know that it, has hated me before it hated you. If if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, be not conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. 
Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Now, I, just to unpack this for the relevancy of our passage today is this, is if we're living, okay, so first of all, Jesus came exemplifying the Father's love, grace, kindness, mercy, truth. I mean, he was by far the most glorious human being that ever walked the planet, perfect in all of his ways, loving, giving, healing, all of this. Was he hated? Was he persecuted? I mean, was it, did they, I mean, people were, were, were seeking to kill him for the majority of his ministry. And what he is saying is, if, if you continue to do me, and, sh- and continue to reveal me to the world, d- don't you think that you're going to experience the same? And and what's at odds with that is, a lot of times we want to be liked. We want to be loved. We want to be appreciated. We want to be popular. Right? And uh, And that was not the heart of Jesus. Right? He wanted to please the Father. And, uh, and so a thought is they... they they treat us like Jesus when we look and live like Jesus. And Jesus is trying to prepare them as as he often does. Um, moving on in, in, uh, in chapter 16, it, it said, and this is just a quick review. He says, I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. Because what happens when you face persecution and hatred and people wanting to take your life? Uh, a lot of people might, you know, Quit, run, stop, avoid, right? But we don't see that with the apostles. I read this this morning, but I, it just popped. The Spirit gave me this in the midst of this conversation. And and uh, listen, listen to how on the other side of Pentecost and what happened at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was poured out on on 120 believers, uh, the the uh, the disciples and and others, and um, and after that they had a totally different. Heart, perspective, power, um, you know, they didn't care about their, they, they weren't afraid anymore. You know, they were, they, they were powerfully uh, persevering in the purpose of God. And, and listen to this. So they, they, they end up preaching and they get brought in to, uh, to the, the council and they beat them and tell them, speak no longer in this name. And, uh, and listen to what, um, what the response is in verse 41 uh, I'll read 40. And when they had called the uh, called in the disciples, they this is Acts 5, 40. Um, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, listen, rejoicing that they were counted worthy of suffering dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, uh, they did not cease teaching and preaching um, that the Christ is Jesus. And they didn't do that in a rebellious posture. They did that out of obedience to, to Christ and realizing that there were costs that were involved in that, but, but realized that there was a joy to be able to rejoice in suffering for, for the Lord. And he is trying to prepare them for this because listen to what it goes on to say. I have said these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Did that happen? Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering a service to God. Did that happen? And they will do these things because they have not, this is why, they have not known me or the Father. They have not known the Father nor me. But I, so, so what do they need? In order for them to move from a posture of hatred and persecution and, 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 and being at odds with the light of the world, what do they need to know? What, what needs to happen according to what Jesus just said? Right? Because they have not known the Father nor me. If they knew him. So what is, what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Right? That we might be witnesses. To what end? that they might know him. And if they know him, like I said earlier, they will not hate him. They will love him. And that love, as he said earlier in John 14, that love will will motivate obedience. Right? That love will drive obedience, not out of necessity or reluctancy or compulsion, 
but out of worship. Right? And so, but I have said these things to you and, and when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. So what he's saying is, now I'm not going to be with you, but there's going to be one that's going to do, right? The Holy Spirit is going to fulfill the same purpose in your life to, to, to buffer you, to protect you, to guide you, to set an example for you, to instruct you in the will of God. And just so you know that, 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 you know, I think it's fantastic. Uh, I'm in the book of Acts right now in my, in my quiet time. And, um, and in chapter 20 and 21, there is this rich moments with Paul. Uh, he is, uh, he's actually going back from his third missionary journey and he's in Maltus and, uh, and he's called the, 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 uh, the, the elders from the church in Ephesus to come and they come and, and, and what he says to them here, is, is super powerful, but it helps us to understand this. And, and this is so important for the saint, is that what, what Jesus is doing in this very moment, in helping to prepare them for what they will face, and to let them know, let them know that I see you, I know what you're going to go through, um, but that's not a, a warning to, to run. It's a, it's a warning so that you know in advance what's coming and and that's not just unique for the disciples we now filled with the holy spirit can can be given this type of of preparation so listen to what happens here it says in verse this is acts 20 22 to 24 and now behold i am going to jerusalem paul says constrained by the the niv says uh convinced by the holy spirit not knowing what will happen to me there except that the holy spirit testifies to me in every city that, I, that I'm coming through, that imprisonment and affliction await me. But I do not account my... Now, this is it. Now, listen, listen to the posture here. And it sounds a lot like Acts 5.41 and, and the response that the disciples have initially. Listen to Paul's response to knowing if he goes to Jerusalem. Remember, Jesus was set like a flint. He was, he was, he was committed to the cross and going to Jerusalem. And, and even Peter tried to to keep him, right? Like, I, I, you're going to get killed there. And, and Jesus stayed the course, right? But listen to what Paul says when he has, and he's going to Jerusalem to face similar uh, circumstances. And in verse 24, this is what Paul says. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And so the Holy Spirit was preparing him and, and, and at the same time strengthening him for this mission. And uh, so for three years, Jesus has been with them, the disciples, protecting them from attacks and persecution. But now he's about to leave them. And he told them this earlier in the evening. He said, little children, this is in John 13, 33. Yet a little while and I'm with you. You will seek me. And just as I've said to the Jewish leaders, the Jews, uh, so now I say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. Well, three verses later, Peter asks him, he says, Peter says to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterwards. Now, I want you to understand that he's trying to prepare the disciples for his arrest, crucifixion, death, and burial, and that for, for 40 days, he's going to be back with them, right? To, to, to again instruct them and encourage them, uh, there's a little bit of rebuking that goes on, but then reconcile Peter, all of that. And then he's going to leave. And after glorified, he's going to says he's going to pour out the spirit, which 10 days, they didn't know that, but 10 days later at Pentecost, the spirit was poured out and they were never the same after that. And so basically for this 50 days, he's trying to help them understand that I'm not leaving you. I'm preparing you for a greater internal work that will equip you to be to to be me for the rest of 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 the world's history and do you know that that falls in our lap too like we've been given uh, through belief in christ we've been and 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 receiving the gospel that we have been given the gift of the holy spirit to continue the work of christ but why are we surprised when we face what jesus faced is what he's saying 
We will, but we'll also experience the, the glorious gift of being the instrument of the greatest news the world has ever heard. Peter's question centered on the immediate, and I think we can be guilty of this sometimes, not on the ultimate, right? And there's where we need to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. Let's live in our eternal hope. Uh, it was necessary for Jesus to explain why he was, uh, why it was important for them that he returned to the Father. And the major reason we have to understand is that the Holy Spirit might come and empower the church for life for life and witness. Also, our ascended Savior and Lord would be able to intercede for his bride and his heavenly, uh, you know, at his heavenly throne of grace. And so, like, we're not only equipped now with the Holy Spirit, but we have an advocate, a mediator, a king, a bridegroom. It's intimate, but it is powerful. That is, that is actually our mediator. You know, when, when, when Peter was told that he would deny him, Jesus says, take heart, I've prayed for you. Like he prayed for him before he even denied him. Right, And this is what Jesus knows what's in front of us. The Holy Spirit declares to us at times what's in front of us if we take time to listen and, and put our hearts and our heads in the word of God with a heart to, to know him and to hear because he's speaking. He desires to communicate with us. The Holy Spirit does not minister in a vacuum. Okay, So what I'm saying here is, is that the Holy Spirit, in, is, because of the cross, is, is put in us. So when, when we're asking for God to do, do you want God to do some great things in, the, in, in our community, in our world, in our families? Do you? Do you want, you know, like, and, and what, what, what we're told is, is that he will do it through us. And do we believe that he will do it through us together? I mean, it takes all of us, right? It takes the church because Jesus was Jesus and we're his body now. And so together there's, is, is there a lot of people that don't know Christ? Is there some darkness out there that need to experience his presence and power and his marvelous light? Yes. And so together, let's, let's shine for his glory. But the Holy Spirit does not minister in a vacuum. Just as the Son of God ha- had to have a body in order to do his work on earth, so the Holy Spirit uses a body to accomplish his ministries. And that body is the church. Uh, our bodies are his tools and temples. And, and he wants to use us to glorify Christ and to witness to a lost world, a world that is captive to sin and separated from life. Like, is there a, I mean, I, have you been called to a, a greater mission than that lately? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, is there anything greater that you could give your life to, as Paul echoed in, in Acts 20, 24? Like, is there anything greater that you can give your life to than that? is to see the world saved, not just for today and tomorrow, but for eternity and and transformed from from hating to to loved and loving. I mean, there you know they're, they're, we spend so much time trying to to fix people and fix ourselves and change our behaviors. None of that it, th- th- does it work? We need a new heart. We need a we need a powerful helper. We need and 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 if that's the case through 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 childlike faith in, in the cross and the risen Savior, like we can be new creations and we can be life changing world changers. That, but it's not about the world seeing me. It's not about my ministry. It's about Jesus's life and ministry continuing to have its effect beyond his ascension, now under his mediation and the power and presence of the Holy Spirit through our lives. We're temples and tools, right? And and that's the glorious privilege of the church. And so in verses 6 to six, uh, 15, he says this, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow fills your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Why? Because he's got to go through the cross and he's got to offer his sacrifice to the Father and the Father accept his sacrifice for humanity's sin debt so that so that the, those that would receive it... Let me ask you, did Jesus die for the sins of the world? I said world. But yet there are many that won't acknowledge or receive that glorious gift. 
right? Because, but, but for those that do, as he says, he gives them the right to be called children of God, First John, uh, or John 1.12 says. And so we, we go on, it goes on to say, but, but if I go, I will send him to you. And it doesn't say if, he says when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they have not believed in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. And so what he's saying here in this moment, it's so sweet. He's saying like, like I've only, I've got so much more I need to talk to you about. But what I will do is I will send my spirit and he's going to, he's going to guide you into all that truth. See, everything I, I, all all this other stuff I need to tell you, I'm going to tell you through his spirit. And that's what he wants to do for us today. We see it with Paul in the, in the passage that I read for you, that in every city he was being informed that this was in front of him by the Holy Spirit through the body of Christ. It says, when the spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. Isn't that what Jesus was doing for the disciples? For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will de- declare it to you. He will declare to you the things that are to come. We, we read an example of that with Paul. He will glorify me. So he's going to guide you. He's going to tell you many things. He's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to glorify Jesus. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. For all that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said to, that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. It's, it's such a beautiful promise. That, do, do you think that Jesus was, um, was telling the truth? I mean, do we take him at his word and these, these glorious things that he's promised to do and, and has done? And uh, are, are, we, are we walking in the, in the spirit? Are we listening to the spirit? Are we, are we honoring the spirit in the things that we are told and the, the scripture that he unfolds for us? Okay, I'm going to um, I'm going to move to verses eight and nine because I want to really unpack this. This is kind of the heart of the message this morning. Is in verses eight and nine, this is what he says. Or excuse me, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So he says, and when he comes, speaking of the Holy Spirit, he will convict. Now it's so important that we understand from God's point of view what he means by conviction. It means expose, bring to light convince, reveal truth and sin, but also grace, right? This is, this, is, this is what conviction does for the, in this case, for the world. So it says, and he will, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Now let's unpack those three because do you think it's pretty important that we understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit as his instrument? I think it's critical so that we don't hinder or quench or get in the way, but we understand his intentions. So the first thing we see in verse 9, it says, concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Okay, so if they did believe in him, what would be the would be the, their sin? What would happen to their sin? It would be satisfied. It would their debt would be paid. Like you know, and and why I would just want to pause here for just a moment. Man, are you are you believing the simple gospel truth that belief in Christ satisfies our sin debt, past, present, and future? that you are justified by faith alone in Christ alone and that that relieves you of all sin. That's not a license to sin. If anything, it's a, that's a, you know, you're, you're portraying love itself when we understand why Christ died for us. Do, do you, but, you, but do we believe the simple gospel truth that we don't have to earn it, we don't have to maintain it, that it is a, it is a gift it's given by that, the, the heart of grace through faith and faith literally relieves us of our debt of sin. It's not something we have to earn or do or any of that. So like, so concerning sin, this is what the Holy Spirit is convicting because they do not believe in me. So 
What is the Holy Spirit's work here? To help the world what? Believe in Jesus. Because that's what relieves our sin debt. And by what instrument is he going to use? Us. Like this is what, so we are the witnesses. The Holy Spirit is the prosecuting attorney and the saved are the guilty prisoners. Let's understand and remember this. The goal is not condemnation. The goal is salvation. Right? For those that are in Christ, there is, there's, no more, there's no more condemnation. Right? But we, to be in Christ, we simply put our trust in him. It is our sincere witness that will bring conviction, not judgment. It is our sincere witness in Christ. It is our story of redemption. It is pointing to Jesus' rescue. It is, it, is, it is putting Christ on display so the world can see him and want him because if they see him, they'll not only love him, but they'll want him. The Spirit will lead us and use us as instruments. This is our part, to trust him. The world's greatest sin is what? What's Based on what Jesus says here, what's the world's greatest sin? Unbelief. That is what separates the world from God. It's, it's unbelief. And, and if, I mean, sometimes we need to just hear this, that, that if someone puts their trust in Christ, their sin is paid for. Isn't that what we need to remember today as we take communion? Like, that's a, that, this is the ultimate, this is ultimately what condemns the lost, is unbelief. Right? If they if they believe they would be relieved of their sin. We we can quit many sinful behaviors and still remain lost. Do you believe that? I mean think about it, like we're coming up on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day and resolutions and I mean is 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 that what brings change and miraculous transformation or is it putting our hope and trust in Christ? Right? The Holy Spirit in us is the lost world's lost world's only hope, but Jesus is their only hope, and we are we're called to be ambassadors of Christ to the world. And this is a beautiful thing. The second thing he says here is is that the Holy Spirit um, he will convict the world concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. So in Jesus's day. He was righteousness on display. He was the righteous one. He was the only righteous one. And that brought hatred, but that also brought transformation. People were drawn in, right? Um, And so what we have to understand here is when he says, because I go to the Father and you will see me no more, what he's saying is, but they will see me in you, the righteousness of God in Christ. So what the world needs to see from from us as instruments is the righteousness of Christ on display. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a daunting thing for me to live out the Christ. But but we're told that we are the righteousness of Christ because of the cross and our salvation. That 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 is our that is our spiritual like status. And what we are meant to do is is to live out our life in Christ so that others are 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 challenged, convicted by the Holy Spirit through that life, through his life demonstrated in us. Because sometimes this gets misrepresented as if we're talking about unrighteousness. Like as if we're, you know, the the thing the church is supposed to do is go around and tell people what they're doing wrong. Rather than showing them what God did right in us and what he wants to do for you too. Can anybody change themselves? Can we fix ourselves? No, so why are we, that's not, Jesus is saying that they're going to be convicted because of sin, because they, they, if they believed, they wouldn't have it, and of righteousness, because if they saw it, they would want it, right? They would want it. And so, it's interesting that it doesn't, as I said, say unrighteousness. The work, the Spirit's work through His, through His righteous, the Spirit works through His righteousness in us. Rather than pointing out others' faults, live out the righteousness of Christ. 
Let, let Christ's righteousness shine in you. This brings conviction through, by the Holy Spirit. His presence seen and experienced through us. Through the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ, we will be his witnesses. Doesn't that make sense? Right? Like he, he will bring conviction. He will, he will point out, like, and he, you know, and I think about it this way. Jesus said, so in, in, um, in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Whoever, what? Just believes in him will have everlasting life. He says, but, the, but, but he says, I did not come to judge the world, but to, right? Now, he is coming back in that role, but he was a, being an example to us that that is not his, that's not our purpose. The Holy Spirit will bring conviction, but it comes through righteousness, displaying the righteousness of Christ. And again, all of this is a supernatural work done by the Holy Spirit through us. And then finally, it says this. Also, he will con- he will convict the world concerning the fact that now is the judgment, I'm sorry, uh, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, let me tell you why all of this is amazing. Is, isn't all this good news? It's all good news. Amy pointed out that if you look at verses 9, 10, and 11, it's the death, right, resurrection, and return of Christ. It's, it's the gospel, right? Like it's the gospel perfectly depicted here because what, we're to, what, we're, what the Holy Spirit is telling them is that, that sin and death has been defeated. Guys, the church is equipped to tell people good news, and this is good news that ju- like God is just and he, he brings judgment, but like he's judged sin and he's ju- judged Satan. And I'll, I'll put it this way. This is not righteous judgment to come. That's as I mentioned. This is the judgment on Satan through the cross. The good news that Jesus has conquered sin and death. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Our punishment has been paid in full and we have been welcomed in. It's such, it's the best news the world has ever heard. But is, is it good news to you? Do, do you understand the, 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 just how good the news is? <laughs> right? You know, and because if, if we understood how good the news is, joy would be exceeding. Right? Gratitude would be overwhelming and, and, and we would be highly motivated as we see Paul and, and Peter and John to, 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 to overcome any obstacle so that the world may see Jesus and be rescued. Um, and it, and it, totally flies in the face of some of the pro- the approaches that are made by by those that that call themselves the church right like we, we just want them to know him and they'll know him if they know us because they'll see him if they if that's the primary purpose of our lives and the holy spirit will manifest jesus through us and uh and then their sin will be atoned for and they will understand that judgment has been paid right? Satan has already been judged and the verdict announced. All that must take place is the execution of the sentence and that will happen when Jesus returns. There can be no conversion without conviction and the Holy Spirit is here to do that, right? And we get to be the glorious instruments of that. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God through the witness of the sons of God and that's, that's our joy, that's our joy. So as we, uh, as the worship team comes, I uh, I share the, the the final portion of what he says, what Jesus says to the disciples here. He says, "I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you into all truth." This is for our ears today too, and and for He will not speak on His own authority, but what He hears. He will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me and he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Truth, all that the father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. We do not study the word of God in order to argue religion with people or to show off our grasp of spiritual knowledge or things. The study of the word 
We study the word to see Jesus Christ, to know him and to know the Father better and to glorify him in our lives, to reflect him, to represent him, to represent him to the world. As we witness uh, in this hostile world, the Spirit uses the word he has taught us and, and we share Christ Jesus to the lost. It is our job to witness. It is the Spirit's job to convict. Perhaps some of us need to quit acting like prosecuting attorneys or judges so that the Spirit can use us as faithful witnesses. Right? So um, I will finish our text as we prepare for communion. But let's, let's, um, let's drink that in for just a moment. And let's ask the Holy Spirit to, to give us understanding and guidance and wisdom to apply this to our lives together and to live out his word together as uh, we have we're so privileged we're clothed with power from on high to be his witnesses stand with me as i close this this time in prayer and uh, and invite us into a time of of worship and preparation for communion father thank you thank you that it was your divine desire and design in order to orchestrate the, the 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 suffering and the crucifixion of our savior and lord and Lord Jesus, thank you that you ran out of sheer love and, uh, and obedience to the Father, to a cross that was not yours, to embrace a sin that was not, sins that were not yours, all humanity, and you quenched our debt. You satisfied our sin. And you have now invited us in, sealed us with your spirit, and called us to finish what you've started. Oh Lord, that we would be wanting to live for you and not for us, that you would help us to to trust you for the glorious purpose and plan realized. And we thank you, Father, in advance. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the glorious work, the power that you have and have given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. What you've started. Oh, Lord, that we would be wanting to live for you and not for us, that you would help us to to trust you for the glorious purpose and plan realized. And we thank you, Father, in advance. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the glorious work, the power that you have and have given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org.